Good evening, good morning, good afternoon, and welcome to the latest episode of Bibliostapes and Destruction. Today, I've got the great pleasure of being joined by American-based photographer David Rathbone. Good afternoon, good morning, David. How are you? Hey, Ewan. Thanks for having me. It's great to be here. It's an absolute pleasure, um, and I'm looking forward to chatting to you about your recent book, Big Water. Um, but before we get into talking about that, David, it would be great if you could give everyone an introduction to your photographic background and journey. Yes, absolutely. Yep. So um, I am in Virginia Beach, Virginia, uh, on the East Coast. Uh, we're about three and a half hours from Washington, D.C. Um, so my photographic history is I picked up a, a camera when I was in high school, just going on trips. And it kind of started when we would go on family trips or, a, you know, a summer camp or something like that. And just kind of got the bug and um, have had a camera with me ever since and kind of spent I would say probably 15 to 20 years as a, just a general hobbyist and kind of learning every type of photography skill you could imagine and yep. teaching, you know, with external lighting and strobes and street photography and travel photography, just in taking lots of pictures of my kids um, and travel, you know, and always having it be a big hobby of mine. So, um, and then in 2014, I, uh, I was in kind of corporate jobs and I left, left that to start something more entrepreneurial. And I knew I wanted to, um, make things and I knew I wanted to be in the photography world. Um, so I started a, like a high end custom picture framing business, um, which is all online and, um, it's called Solomiter Frame Company. And, you know, kind of with the goal of, you know, if you go into like a New York or a LA, there'll be really great framing shops and they kind of can make what you would see when you go to like a museum of modern art or something like that. But um, my goal was to kind of bring that online because at the time there wasn't such good quality stuff. So um, really just focused on um, photography, photography, working with photographers. Um, and so doing that for a long time. Um, I mean, 2014. And so about uh, two years ago, I kind of started to want to pull back from that. And to the whole goal all along was just to, to be a photographer. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so, uh, so I met tons of great photographers, worked with some, you know, a lot of folks that you've interviewed and, um, and kind of seen firsthand how they, they produce their work, how they sell it and gotten to, to know a lot of people in that space. So um yeah, then kind of made the transition to to doing more of my my own photography and trying to to frame my own work. So, um, and that's kind of where I am today. And doing a book was just a long time dream um, and goal of mine. And um, that's kind of where 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 I am now. Where where Big Water is. So, yeah, yeah. So yeah, very kind of you to or delighted to get a copy sent over from the other side yeah. of the water um, and i have to say yeah, it's, a absolutely. it's a beautiful book really beautifully printed published um lovely cover lovely detail but also lovely work as well so thank you it's very much focused i think on virginia's eastern shore which i'll be perfectly yep. honest is a shoreline i have <laughs> no recollection of or knowledge of whatsoever yeah which makes it really nice to see some some work and a body of work from an area that's 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 totally unknown to me. So, kind of where did where did the ideas and the background and did you start yeah. this body of work from? Yep. So, um, yeah, I guess to just describe it is the Virginia 
like the way our state is, the boundaries are, is we have kind of the main body of our state. And then on the other side of the Chesapeake Bay is this kind of peninsula that comes down and the northern half of it is Maryland. And then completely detached from the rest of Virginia is um, Virginia's side of the eastern shore. Um, and there's from where I live in Virginia Beach, there's a long 17 mile toll booth, toll bridge that you can drive um, to get there. So it takes about, I don't know, 45 minutes from my house to get to the uh, southern tip of the eastern shore. Um, and it's a, it's a big, it's actually a, a lot of people drive on the east coast between the big cities like Florida and New York with okay. second homes and things like that. So there's a there's a lot of traffic that goes up and down to to avoid um, basically Washington D.C. traffic, and so I for years have been driving that same road going up um, the East Coast, and um, it just kind of was just like this is this is normal to me. This is what you know. There's nothing in particular that's that's outstanding about this landscape to me. It just kind of is like a honestly, like a little bit of a boring drive. And um, I think it was around 2017, I had, um, you know, kind of gotten into creative funk with photography. And I'd had, I'd purchased, uh, you know, an Hasselblad years and years before that. Um, and I learned on film. And uh, I think it was just wanting kind of a creative outlet to like, I, w I was kind of decided I was just, I'm going to like learn how to use this camera. Cause I, it ended up being like something was actually wrong with it. And I had to get it sent off. Cause it was like, I'd keep getting bad results from it. So I just yep. put it, put it in the closet. Um, so I just uh, kind of dedicated myself to, to just going over there just to um, start taking pictures just when I would drop my kids off at school. And, and then it just kind of morphed into kind of, exploring more and um kind of created a battery of work kind of just out of a, a out of a really not much of a thought to begin with um and then it became really fun to to kind of explore places i hadn't done and um usually a lot of my photography is kind of travel based so it's like kind of very dedicated quick trips um yeah. where you know you take a lot of pictures at once there's there's not a lot of time to wait for certain atmospheric conditions or weather conditions so um it was a real first for me to just kind of um kind of wake up and if it's like we get maybe five foggy days a year here and um then you just rush over there and um and try to make some some nice photos uh in foggy or stormy conditions and things like that so uh the name big water is uh the project started um at a state park called Kiptapeak State Park. Um, and that Kiptapeak in the Native American language means big water. Um, so that's kind of where the name of it, of it came from. And um, so I, I thought it was a cool term for phrase as well. And it's, it's really flat, everything's flat. And then you just have these big kind of expanses of water on the Atlantic Ocean on one side and then the Chesapeake on the other. Um, so, drove it you'd actually think it, if it's a uh, more like william eggleston kind of type work you know okay. with more like rundown you know buildings and old cars and things so you, you kind of like when you first drive it landscapes in rural areas he would have shot um or would still shoot but um kind of once you peel back the surface uh 
you can find find some pretty stuff. So well, that, that's it. And you and you, you as you say, you, I think you've spent about three years making this body of work, and you begin yeah. to explore and see different areas, and you kind of step off from the from the main from the main track, and it's it's right. it's a it's a lovely combination. I love I love the as you say, it's incredibly flat. It reminds me of. Yeah. Some, parts, some parts down south it certainly doesn't remind me of the scottish landscape very much um but it is it's really nice <laughs> right. there's, there's there's a love there's a lovely sense of it so, sense of peace to to so many Thanks. of the images yeah. um and i i must say I, I, i'm a big fan of a lot of the seascapes as well my my yeah, sort of work you. yeah but but it's also just nice with the combination of um I suppose some more of the the realistic landscape of what this what this part of the world is actually like, and it's not all about right. the, it's not all about the minimal aspects of of the of the the coastline right. as well. Yeah, so it's very agricultural, very uh, you know, I guess aquacultural. So you know, a, a lot of the photos are, are you know sticks in the water and kind of um, things like that, and those are actively used for fishing. Um, yeah. You know, I would be like. And sometimes when I would go, it would be uh, very cold and I'd have these like, you know, duck hunting waders, you know, these thick neoprene waders with boots. And so yeah, up to your chest in the water because, and then you, these like fishermen are like in their boats and uh, kind of looking at you crazy. It's like, why are you out here taking pictures of these these posts in the water? Um, so, yeah, I don't... Um, think that many people really spend spend time um kind of doing this type of photography there um but actually a big influence on it um and what kind of helped me decide to um kind of turn into a body of work is work looking at um paul hart's photography of the fens in in nice. england yeah and and kind of and seeing his work in it's very flat it's very agricultural and kind of it was like, oh yeah, that he 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 can do it there. I could do that here with a you know obviously a different tilt to it. But um, that was a big inspiration for for this. I think it was drained was this first copy of his series trilogy that I picked up. Um, so I wanted to make sure I mentioned that because that was a big inspiration for this. Yeah, so, I, I I was yeah. I was going to say Paul Hart's work very much reminded me of the landscape, exceptionally yeah. flat, but yet some beautifully atmospheric. Atmospheric right. shots and um, yeah. How 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 is the challenge of working on a very specific project in an in an area that you know well that you're maybe accustomed to going to I suppose locations you know well but having to force yourself to explore right. as opposed to just returning to to the same spots maybe over and over again as as we kind of get very much used to and accustomed to doing so. Right. Yeah. You don't get that adrenaline rush like that you do when you're, when you're somewhere new or kind of the, that central, sent whatever the word is, the, the, the input, sensory input um, of a new place. And so, yeah, it, it was really interesting because it forced me to really think about the work as a whole, because I knew I could find the bigger landscapes, the more open ones. And I could, I knew where the would be. But I started to um, kind of think about putting it together. I was like, oh, there's really no small details. There's there's nothing that really kind of tells a more intimate story. And so that, you know, and then that kind of was very helpful for me to realize in my own photography is like, okay, well, you do go to these big landscapes a lot and it's easier to take some of these things. So maybe just focus the lens maybe down rather than kind of horizontal sometimes. Um 
so that was a big challenge for me um, to, to find things because to be honest, like I've grown up in this uh, landscape my whole life and, and at times it's, it's just very normal and mundane to me. Um, whereas for you, it would be, you know, it would be very different uh, if you came here, you're seeing it with new eyes. So that was a challenge, but I think it actually really kind of helped hone my, my ability to um, kind of look for different elements in the landscape. So it was, it was a good experience uh, for me. Yeah. And and as you say, yeah. as you begin as you begin to pull the body of work together, that's when you begin to identify well, actually there's maybe something missing right. from, from the story. Yeah, weaknesses is what I yeah, yeah. Yeah, that that's it. It's all it's identifying yeah. some something that links a couple of series together or just adds a bit more. As you say, there are there are probably only so many big vistas that you you necessarily need to show, but right. actually having something that just right. kind of gives the intimate connection to the landscape as well is vitally important. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And that was great because we were talking about before this, but I was just in Ireland and I was noticing how much time I spent last week taking pictures, how, how much time I spent looking down and taking pictures downwards versus, you know, kind of looking for those big grand vistas. And it really been a, a good kind of creative shift for me, um, thanks to kind of working on this project. So that was yeah. fun. And what, what, I suppose at what point did you decide that you wanted to make it into a book? Did you want to publish a book? I know you talked about in at the start that uh, you've always had that you've always wanted to make a book. What type? At what point yeah, did you think actually yeah. this this project made made for a good book? Yeah, I think it was probably after the pandemic. Um, just you know, I didn't really make many photos during then because. Yeah, you know, I have four children, and when they were all, we were having to homeschool them, so the the camera kind of got put away, and <laughs> um, so then just looking, <laughs> looking for a, a a creative outlet, and um, yeah, and I think I just want to, you know, like thinking about it in terms of like a, a musician releasing albums, and I felt like, you know, I think I have probably had enough of bodies of work of other places I've traveled to make books, but I wanted to. I decided I wanted to start with something that was closer to home um, and kind of felt more unique. So kind of what, what you said is like, you, you, this is maybe a landscape you've never seen before. And, yeah. and so, uh, you know, if, if it's a book about the American West, that's a very much kind of well-trodden um, landscape. So there's lots of preconceived ideas about this, but as far as I know, very few people have, have made a book about this. So I kind of thought that it would be a good way to showcase my my photography and just kind of have a different um kind of put something different out into into the world um to start with so and then to kind of release more of the the other work that i've been yeah kind I, of I, making over the last years yeah absolutely I, th- I think it's a great place to start and it's it's somewhere that you know particularly yeah. well as well and, and it's probably somewhere that's quite accessible as you see when you come to curating it and you think right okay I need yeah. one or two shots yeah it's much easier to get back out to a local location than have to fly across the other side right. of the country or other side of the world to to get a right. couple of to get a couple of shots that you're missing <laughs> and, <laughs> yeah so, yeah. so when, how did you approach the curation? I, I'm assuming that you had probably more photographs than you needed. And, and it's where, where did you yeah. start? Right. So um, I basically made a bunch of dummy copies. Um, I just, on an inkjet, I kind of um, 
have scans of all the pictures and then almost like a deck of cards where you yeah. would just kind of reorder them and, yeah. and mess around with them and put them on a table and, you know, kind of constantly rearranging them. And I actually started with um, the idea of having one, one page, you know, one print per page versus kind of pairing them. And um, then, uh, you know, one of the things was that I realized that the work was not um, kind of, it, it, they needed to be paired. And that kind of came from, from doing um, that, that kind of mixing and matching process. Um, so it really was kind of like having a deck of cards and shuffling them and, um, you know, and then I, I also hired um, and he, when I found his, his kind of work online, he was also a, a pin type photographer a very talented one so that was kind of like a great match of like somebody that has the ability to kind of bring a, a book design to life plus he's a photographer as well and so we can kind of speak that same language immediately and he was he was a great sounding board throughout the process of uh of making the book so yeah how challenging did you find sequencing it because I, th I think oh it's so hard yeah it's, it's always <laughs> interesting when you look at someone else's work you can be far more constructive and get to the point but i think right. when it's your own work i think ocd kicks in and you could probably spend yeah. months and months and months just tweaking one image yeah. around from another image so how, how did you find that challenge yeah it was it was fun and then you start to look at you you know you kind of have a you narrow it down to a like okay these are well i also had some kind of parameters as i wanted i wanted it to be 40 images i felt like this body of work got a little bit repetitive after after yes. that and yep. i it's almost like i th i take a lot of inspiration from musicians and and how they they work and kind of as a photographer you kind of wished you had that that same kind of flowing ability um to to work like a musician but i kind of like thought of it as like a a lot of the great albums are like on vinyl it's like five songs on one side five songs on the other and you're in yep. and you're out you know and that's that everything's tight and everything's good and it's like your best work and and maybe for a different collection of images it would be more but kind of then <laughs> the user experience i guess you could say is like 40 images when i'm looking through a book uh, uh that i own it's like i get a little bit bored after that <laughs> and yeah. i have to pick it down and i wanted this to be something that i you know, could be kind of flipped through and enjoyed in one sitting not like a big tome of of like a retrospective work where it's kind of like you look at 10 pages and then you're moving on. So that was um, one of the, the, the big goals was to, to, to kind of really, well, kind of per, like a constraint I put on myself was it's going to be 40 images. Right. I, I like, I like round numbers. And so, um, and yeah, I don't know why, but that was just kind of the feeling I got. Um, so it really gave me a goal to, to kind of start paring down to um, and a constraint that, that really helped um, at the end yeah. of the day. So. I, I, I think, I think we all work well with constraints. I think, I don't think there's anything yeah. wrong. I think it actually can be productive. I agree with what you say. I think, um, I think there's a risk that not necessarily going above 40 images, but I think there's a risk with anything that you overdo the number of images for the, for the story you're telling. Right. And as you say, it can, right. it can become repetitive. Um, but I certainly don't yep. get the feeling from, from this, from oh, this body you. of work. There's, 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 uh, there's such a lovely variety to it as well. And it, yeah. it, it keeps the attention. Um, 
yeah, yeah I, I think the sequence between bet- that you've got works really, really well. Um, yeah, thank you. And, and, it, and it, is, it is a challenge. And I think every, every time you do it, you begin to learn and take on board yeah. more insights. And I think working yeah. with someone as well also helps just take someone else's perspective and professional right. opinion on these things. Yeah. 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 One thing that I, I was just reminded of that I really took into account once I started getting it all together was tonal differences yes. and yeah. tonal shifts in the images. So, you know, with black and white work, you can kind of have a very bright light image and then a dark image. So I, I, in Lightroom, I would sequ- sequence everything in like kind of the book thing. And then I would kind of squint at it and be like, okay, this is a bright, dark, bright, dark. And I tried to, you know, really have the tone kind of, um, kind of almost like a song or something like that, where you want to yeah. like, had it paced evenly is like i don't want all the darks right here and then i don't want all the lights right here you just kind of keep it and then maybe crescendo it at certain points with certain images and then kind of bring you back um so it's it's so much fun uh i yeah i could do it every day if i you know it drives you crazy and you could still be working i could still be working on it today but i i really enjoyed that process so yeah yeah. absolutely i I think i think you learn so much about your work i think you begin to look at your work very differently and as you say eh, when you're looking at black and white very much tonally how how well does it work and it's quite nice just to to get an or a sequence in order or get a set of images in order and go away for a few days, come back and yeah. just just turn the computer on and think, oh, that that kind of stands out because anything that immediately right. jars the eyes will, will, will stand out at that point. And then I think there's, right. maybe, you, there's maybe an, an opportunity to say, well, that's fine. We can maybe adjust that or just move the sequence around. So, um, right. And, and would you change your approach for doing your next book? Would you would you do anything particularly different that you've done this time? Hmm, that's a good question. I don't think so. Um, uh, so I've done a lot more. I, I would, I might spend more time on the final like prints. Uh, kind of, so I do a lot of platinum palladium printing yeah. uh, in, my, in my office. And so there's this very specific look that you have to that. And yeah. so this one, this time I wasn't quite as concerned with kind of matching what a platinum print versus what's going to come off of a, a digital yes. uh, printer. And so I think I might delve more into the, the intricacies of kind of trying to reproduce like, and they look very, they look great. Um, yeah. And the printer did a wonderful job, but there wasn't kind of top of my concern list. Uh, yeah. And I think I might get, get more into the, the weeds of doing that next time. Um, because yeah. there are, there are very, you know, there are inevitably differences um, yeah. in but, what but a there, platinum there, print looks like versus. Yeah, absolutely. But for, uh, you'll be the one who notices those differences. If, if, if you've just bought, yeah. the, book, <laughs> right. if you just bought the book, yeah. then, then no one knows the differences. And, and, yeah. and for anyone looking at, when you're looking at your own work, some people will think, yeah, on hindsight, that image should have maybe been switched around with another image or whatever. Right. But but no one else, no one's on the wise. Precisely. You, yeah. You're the only one who knows the story and the narrative behind the book. And, <laughs> and, and, That's there, right. and therefore it's up yeah. to everyone else to, to view it in their own in their own way. Um, and I'm in, I'm interested about yeah. the, the printing aspect of it. So obviously you self-published this over in yeah. America. And I've spoken to plenty of people yeah. who have done it over in who have self-published yeah. in the UK. So I'm interested. Are there a lot of options? Did you go someone locally, or or how how did how did it work over in the US for for self publishing? Right. So there are, there are, there are tons of printers, but they're not necessarily 
there are tons of people who would take your work uh, and take the job, but they're not necessarily the the one, the right ones to do it. Um, My, another constraint I put on myself was doing it as close to home as possible. Um, You know, I would, I, you know, I, I talked to EBS in Italy and, you know, was trying to, trying to find great printers in, in China. But uh, at the end of the day, I just wanted to, I wanted to be able to either jump on a short flight or drive. Uh, yeah. And so my, my search area kind of went from Washington, D.C., wasn't able to find anybody up there that it really kind of seemed to click with, to New York City, visited some printers there with my, the designer, uh, Stefan Killen is his name. And um, I went up there and we we met with some printers. It just didn't, it was, you know, you get a lot of commercial printers, um, but they just didn't seem to have that that touch. And then I eventually landed on two, I had two um, printers that I kind of narrowed it down to, one in New Jersey and one in um, New Hampshire, but outside of Boston. Um, and so that was, that was really great because, um, you know, I actually didn't end up going to, to, to the final print, um, but we could easily mail back and forth um, samples yeah. and things like that. So I could touch and feel everything pretty easily. Um, but yeah, so it wasn't, wasn't hard at all. It, it actually ended up being a choice between, it was a significant cost difference basically okay. because I wanted it to be um, uh, a, a big, I wanted it to be a certain size and I did, I wanted like Smithsonian binding and the one printer they could do that size, but they couldn't do with the, with that type of binding, they would have to use glue. And, um, and then the other one, uh, who's the, the printer is uh Puritan capital is the name of the big company. Puritan press is who, who, who I ended up going with. They do a lot of like gallery and university work. So they're very much kind of keyed into the, the artist's mindset. Yes. And, um, and it was, a, yeah, that was a, a significant cost difference between, you know, using a glued binding and using the Smithsonian binding. And um, so I went with the, the higher, higher quality, longer term. And I'm, I'm, I, if, I, if I had made that other choice, I would have just been looking at it and been like, you know, the standard of what I was looking for wasn't quite met. And, you know, I, I needed to to have it to help me sleep at night it needed to be a certain way <laughs> well, that, that's it so, the thing is yeah. it's, it's, your, it's your own work and you want it to be presented right. the way that you've got it uh, just as you've right. got your constraints yeah. of your 40 images you've got a particular size you've got a particular style particular type of yeah. of cover paper that you want because it yeah. all adds it adds to the experience of looking mm-hmm. through the work just as you want people to experience it in one sitting you want people to right. pick up and feel a quality product and yeah yeah be reflective of your work and i suppose your approach to the to your your framing business as well that that kind of all, uh, yeah. all in sync really right yeah absolutely and i i knew like you know both of us are big fans of um nasraeli yes. press and you know we we're often buying the same copies of books from there and uh you know they i i searched so hard and maybe somebody will contact me after saying this on here but to try and i'm pretty sure that i found the same printer as they use um but there's something about it was i wanted it to be close to home um yeah. but uh also i wanted i wanted it to not be a, a large edition i wanted yeah. it to be um kind of something small i knew that um, I didn't want, 
you know, a thousand books sitting around my office for years, you know, trying to sell them. Yeah. Um, cause I don't, I ha don't have a, a huge market for my, for my work at the moment or maybe ever, but, uh, yeah, I just didn't want it to, to sit around, um, kind of collecting dust. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so. I, I, absolutely. Cause a lot, a lot, of, a lot of the book publishers, you're needing to print you 500, a thousand oh, yeah. copies and yeah, stuff absolutely. like that. So, so to have the flexibility and the ability and the option to, to print a small print run initially, but at yeah. such a high quality, yeah, it, 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 as you say, yeah. it gives you the opportunity to see how well it goes. At the end of the day, you, there's always the ability to print more books if if that's if right in the yeah. future you feel you need to. But yeah, it's it's it really is a beautiful production. I I, I really can't fault it. Uh, it's it's Thank lovely. You. The 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 print quality is is really superb as well. And okay, yeah, you see, there's maybe a slight variation between some of the prints yeah you're talking, you're talking about palladium prints which is an entirely different right. process from from, <laughs> right, from, right. from 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 digital printing but uh and i i, I really like the sequencing i think the images it's a great size of image as well to be viewing at um which allows you to kind of you. Really yeah. immerse yourself in the work as opposed to you see a lot of square books that are maybe a bit smaller um but right. I, I, th I think it, it all depends on what what the what the individual artist is looking to achieve and what yeah and what their goals are and what what their what what options they've got available to them but uh, and was would yeah. you go back to the same printer again if you're to do future books would you work with them or would you try somewhere different yeah i think i i think i would go to the same printer i kind of have a an idea in my head um of kind of three or four books in a row that i would like you know how they would sit on a shelf i'd love for them to all like have kind of a uh you know when you look at you 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 know somebody you might not have on their shelves like the three books by david rathbone and they're all kind of the same size and very yes. symmetrical and it kind of has a, a a very tight branding experience from you know from beginning to end so yeah. um oh, what, what yeah what i thought you know i i yeah what, what I would say is, see, see if you do three books, see on the spine, make sure the titles are all at the same point. Because I'll tell you one thing about Paul Hart's books. Two of them He's sit, are perfect, and one of them sits about a centimeter I... lower on, on the other thing. It's reclaimed, it's slightly lower, and it bugs me every time I look at them. That's, like, that's OCD, so... Lesson there, make sure, make sure they're all exactly the same point, at least for starting okay. their name. Right. <laughs> yeah. So we're on the same wavelength here. Yeah. You get it. <laughs> That's it. And, and it is because you develop a format that works for your work that you, and be, it becomes easier for you to work with because you're, you're, some of the decisions are already right. made for you before you actually do it, yep. as opposed to going through the process of saying, right, what paper will I choose this time? What type of cover am I going to choose? What lettering what font size etc right on the first one your your decisions are largely made yeah. assuming that you're happy with it which which i suppose then maybe allows you more time probably to spend focusing on on the work and and, and how how you're going to sequence and select right. images for the next publication yeah and i think for for my type of photography like a very simple very classic book makes sense whereas you know, if I wanted to diverge into, I don't know, street or, or some portraiture, like different choices, different size, different paper yes. would all, I think, come into the, the, to the equation at that point. But um, yeah, since mine is my, my work right now is, is very much black and white kind of classic landscapes. It's um, it kind of 
is good for that format works well and i i know i know you're a big book collector fan yourself you join the online book club most yep. most months <laughs> um, so i'm very interested to, and i know you've planned and prepared for this in advance and um, so i'm very <laughs> interested for you to share maybe four or five of your favorite photo books from your from yep. your own bookshelf see which ones i have okay yeah 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 okay so this one is uh one of the first photo books that i uh, purchased so when I was in college, I did a semester, uh, my third year of college, I did a semester in Dunedin, New Zealand, which is, um, I was at the University of Otago, very, very far oh. south in Dunedin. And I would walk by a bookstore every day and I was into photography. So I would spend all my weekends taking pictures around New Zealand. And um, this is a book, it's called um, New Zealand Landscapes by Andres Apps. All right. Okay. And um, it's beautiful. Uh He's a panoramic photographer. Yep. Um, and at the time it was, you know, pre-internet, you know, this is around 2002. So, you know, I knew that I was, I had no idea how you would even take panoramic images, but that, that was kind of my, I, I loved panoramas. Um, and maybe one day I'll get into it, but um, yeah, this is just, is a, a book when I'm feeling nostalgic for my college semester abroad i'll i'll get the and the image is gorgeous and yeah he's um he's kind of one of those guys that spends a lot of time out in the wilderness just waiting for the right you know conditions and um nice yeah really beautiful work and you know i think that that book is actually still available i was looking at his website the other day just cool. to, to check um so i love that love that those landscapes um second book is um, by Hans Vandermeer, um, European Fields, The Landscape of Lower League Football. All right, um, cool. So I'm a big <laughs> soccer football fan, and um, I, I believe he's Dutch, um, and it's published by Steedle. Um, and it's it's uh, a wonderful collection of, of just – small soccer fields it looks like semi-professional most of the time it's not like your Premier league or your yeah um you know league one or something like that it's it's kind of very neighborhood feel so and it's yeah i think he's taking he's taking them from a very high perspective in a lot of cases so he's 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 his perspective is very different and there's a there's a kind of a magic quality of of some of the moments that he's all of them are kind of landscapes with a soccer field and a game going on. But then he's taking a image at sometimes very unique times in the game. And, you know, I grew up playing soccer and there's some of the, some of the images I, I just sit there and I'm like, what is happening at this moment during the soccer game where, where this, the ball is here and these guys on the floor here, like all this stuff. So uh, it's a really wonderful book. And uh, I really enjoyed that one uh, over the years. Um, so European fields by, Hans Van Der Meer. All right, let's see here. Yeah, M E E R. Beautiful, beautiful book. I don't know if you have this one, Rodney Smith. Nope. Um, it's called Photographs. Um, so he's an American photographer. Um, very, I think he did a lot of. Um, advertising work and his right. stuff is very whimsical okay um it's just everything's beautiful uh every all of his scenes are very well produced and um 
Yeah, just just kind of immaculate, and the the quality of the print, the book is just fantastic. And um, there are some quirky images, and then there's some your classic landscape images. Um, but um, just he had a very unique um, style, so um, I love that book. Yeah, I've not come not come um, across him, but it's two more. Certainly looks very interesting. Hmm. Quite theatrical. Yeah, it's por- it's a lot of portraiture. It's he used very yeah, that's a good word. Um, he used a lot of like ballerinas and dancers in his work, but they're not like your they're unique. I don't know poses or something like that that only a you know a dancer could could do. And yeah, yeah it's it's a wonderful body of body of work. Uh, he pa- he passed away maybe five years ago. Okay, um, but. Um, yeah, really, really unique kind of talent. Um, okay. The fourth is called Architecture of Silence. Right. Cisterian Abbeys of France by David Heald, H-E-A-L-D. Um, and this is kind of very classic black and white, but what it says he, he went and documented um, abbeys in France. And uh, I kind of love things that are very specific um like that and there's just beautiful stone architecture and uh, the tones of his his uh his prints are just are just gorgeous um and this was one that i had to go to go search for um and the last but not least the oh sorry you broke father of black it's just special to me and this is a, a signed copy um so so yeah, what, just or, this was just from work. the collector's yeah. perspective yeah michael Kennedy. yeah night work. work yeah so just i had to one of his <laughs> mind and i you know I, I think like you you probably own most every one of his his books but yeah, this one's this one's cool it's signed um, you know, first edition. So it's just a, a beautiful book. Yeah. Um, the, yeah. And those are those are the five. Yeah, a great a great selection. And for me, it's always nice to hear some some new names and some new new artists and photographers to go and explore. And um, I, I yeah, hope it, yeah, I hope absolutely. everyone who who listens enjoys it as well because it just gives different names that other people are inspired by. Um, to to go and to go and see the work, and quite often you hear similar names being shared, but actually it's entirely different books that people connect with or take inspiration from. And um, like you say, it's nice when people talk about maybe the first books that they've bought or books that got them into photography as well, as opposed to just maybe some of the the more favorite ones recently right. that have been published. Yeah, yeah, it's a problem. Your your um, podcast and your book club has cost me money and uh <laughs> so no but it's been great to find a uh and you know to thank you for for putting together a community of kind of like-minded people and uh so it's a lot of fun um yeah, yeah to be a part of it so. excellent and yeah it's, it's great to have it's great to have people join from all over the world which uh, which kind of just gives a bit of inspiration and people in people in america and europe and and all parts of the world are exposed to different photographers that you otherwise right. would never come you'd otherwise never come across so it's it's great for, yeah. it's great from that perspective 
Um, but uh, it just yeah, absolutely. It just leaves me to say thank you very much, uh, David, for your time this this evening, this morning, this afternoon in America. It's been a pleasure chatting to you about uh, about Big Water. Uh, really, really enjoy the book, and it, it's just been thank lovely you. to chat to you about your work. Thank you very much. Yeah, yeah. Thanks, you, and appreciate it. Cheers.